0: Hello! hello!
1: You're listening to Trap by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down, Trap by Track. And Will, I was going to say on the turntable this week is
0: Spice by Spice Skills, but I'm getting a bit of deja vu here. Well, you will do, Dan, because that album is still on the turntable. We first talked about it 14 months ago on Patreon. Oh, of course. But as a birthday treat to all
1: of the listeners from us, we put a vote up for which Patreon-exclusive episode do you all want to hear? And this one won across Twitter and
0: Instagram quite clearly. Uh, Absolute landslide. Uh, It's a shame, really, because I was looking forward to that Kylie album going out to everybody uh, from way back when in her career. But, you know, hopefully, um, if the reception to this is good, we might do this again with another episode from Patreon in the future for everyone. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe.
1: The Kylie episode is still exclusively available on Patreon, as well as all of the others. There are over 30, nearly 40 exclusive album episodes, as well as 15 episodes of our Patreon-exclusive Deep Cuts series, Further Listening.
0: And uh, if you love Spice Girls, like a lot of our listeners, and we do... Uh, then we've got more Spice Girls coming up in November uh, for Patreon listeners on uh, our Track by Track Patreon, where we're going to have a further listening episode dedicated to Spice Girls. So we're talking your deep cuts, your B sides, your remixes, your cover versions, your solo smashes, uh, everything. So if you do want to support Track by Track on Patreon, it's available from
1: just four pounds a month for all of those exclusives, catch up with everything that's already there, and get more every single month.
0: But for now, Dan, shall we have a little catch up with ourselves and hear what we have to say about Spice Girls debut album, Spice? Yeah. Hi, we're Spice Girls! Alright, I'm Melanie Shee and I love Scott I'm Melanie B, and I'm a northern nutter, so there you go. And I'm Victoria, and I like shopping. Hi, I'm Jerry. I'm a major nutter, but there's method in my madness. Yeah. And I'm Emma, and I love donuts, chocolate, and uh, pimples. If you want to be my lover, you have got to give.
1: Taking is too easy,
0: but that's the way it is. It's called Jerry. Wannabe. It's our first thing when we wrote it. We're very proud of that. Well, she think, yeah, we had a bit of it earlier on in this show. Let's hear it for the girls. You get into your starting position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They obey every word I say, these girls. Isn't that wonderful? The record's called Wannabe. It's Spice Girls. Take it away.
1: Hello, hello,
0: you're listening to Track by Track with me Dan And me Will, this is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track
1: On the turntable this week we have got Spice by Spice Girls
0: Now you can't get any more uh, classic than that, why are we talking about it right now?
1: Well we're talking about it today Will because this week marks 25 years since the release of Wannabe I, I know we do this every time, but this time I really do mean it more than I ever have before. How is that? How is that a quarter of a century since that was released? That doesn't make sense. I'm not that old.
0: And do you think the Spice Girls realised that 25 years later, this album would still be, first of all, the best thing that they've done, but also so iconic still? I heard Wannabe on the radio this morning and it was so much energy and fun to it. Uh, that Scott Mills, who was on Radio 2 at the time of recording, uh, was absolutely buzzing about it. Well, first of all, I'm not going to just
1: gloss over the fact that you said this is their best album because, wow, I don't know. I'm really in two minds. I don't know if I agree with that. Listeners, do you agree? Let us know immediately at Track by Track UK. But secondly, did they know? Do you know what? They had so much confidence and so much attitude and so much self-belief and so much girl power. But
0: actually, yeah, I think they did now. Well, they, they burst onto the pop scene with so much vigor and spunk. It was just palpable. You could almost feel it at the time. It was such a moment, wasn't it? And we're probably going to use a lot of hyperbolics through this episode, uh, such as how good this album is, how huge the Spice Girls were when this came out. But rightly so, actually. I mean, right? Rightfully so.
1: We we've got we have got our favourites on track by track. Let's not beat about the bush. We talk about lots of different artists. We have our favourites, and Spice Girls are right up there. So, you know, I think we've both been very excited to talk about this album. We've waited for the right moment, and and this is it. I think the celebrations of their twenty fifth anniversary are going to continue through the year. There are some releases coming from them. Uh, they may have already been announced at the time of this episode going out. But I think what what fans are really hoping for and I know what we're hoping for is another tour because the Spice World 2019 shows such an incredible celebration of what they achieved in just a few years. And I think we need to do that again, especially after the couple of years we've had. We need it again. And the rest of the world needs it as well.
0: Well, when you were saying what we're hoping for, I was going to say an extra bank holiday. Yes, we do need that because the Queen for her diamond jubilee next year is it or a platinum, platinum jubilee? jubilee yeah
1: we're getting a four day bank holiday extravaganza but i mean yeah the 8th of july should be a bank holiday really this year so actually let's approve that will right now and right here if you don't want to go into work on thursday you don't have to
0: uh and we will uh rubber stamp that in duplicate uh mm. to, to push that through Now, we're going to be talking Spice today, so debut album. It was released, the album itself was released on the 19th of September, 1996. What a year. Uh, We were both teenagers. Were you a teenager?
1: I was 10 when this came out.
0: Uh, I was a teenager. Dan (laughs) was uh, a wee kiddie. Uh, But I can just remember just being so into pop music at the time. And Spice Girls came along and just blew everything else that was going on out of the water uh, girl power the movement that was girl power uh, and just how much these five girls were everywhere obviously do we need to say who they are?
1: whiz whiz by it whiz
0: through oh, it oh uh, Emma Baby Spice Victoria Posh Spice Mel B Scary Spice Mel C Forty Spice, and Jerry, Jerry Halliwell, Uh, Ginger Spice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure you're qualified to present this uh, episode, Will, actually.
0: Well, if we're talking my pop credentials, uh, I think you'll find they're all intact.
1: Oh, good. And Will, do you remember when you received this album? Did you go out and buy it yourself? Or was it a gift?
0: Oh, I did go out and buy it. I went to our price like you did back in the day, 25 years ago. and bought this album and although it was 10, only 10 tracks, you know, we talk about a lot longer albums sometimes on track by track, but it was played, 10 tracks played to death.
1: On CD or cassette? CD, Dan. Oh, so I had the cassette. I, I got it for Christmas 1996 and... My mum, actually, I think she knew that this was the one gift I wanted more than anything that year. So she actually hid it behind the tree. So I couldn't see the, you know, the outline of the cassette. So I opened everything else first, probably livid and, and kicking up a real fuss, actually. Tipping the Christmas tree over, little house fire, um, but eventually did get it. And I just remember I played it on the day. I just, you know, I couldn't wait.
0: Don't you find it quite tantalising though when you can see the outline of something when it's wrapped up still? <laughs> <laughs> but I just can't help but want to get it out and play it. <laughs> As I did that, right. morning We de- we definitely do need to get stuck in now. So, side one, track one, wanna be. Yeah! I want to be there, and if there's ever the beginning of a song where just the sound of a laugh and some footsteps uh tells you you know exactly where you are this this one isn't it
1: yeah, one of those iconic openings <laughs> uh,
0: more iconic than uh Glenn Close's opening in that film <laughs> Hundred and one Dalmatians.
1: It's as iconic as the Beatles' Hard Day's
0: Night or anything like that. It's just, you just know what it is, don't you? You do. Um, Do I need to mention how successful this single was as the debut single? Yes. (laughs) Okay, I will. (laughs) Um, So it was pretty much number one in every country, uh, everywhere. Um, The British Pornographic uh, Board uh, or Industry, Gay... The British Phonographic Institute um, certified it very quickly as a platinum-selling release, Uh, but it was just huge. It was um, actually it was ten times platinum and sold over three million singles, Uh, and in the states, uh, uh, over seven million singles it sold, and was the only number one in the United States. But they were as big in the states they had international success in the united states like nothing we've seen probably since the beatles definitely not
1: it's just phenomenal I, i'll be honest with you i've got goosebumps now just thinking about that time because they really you know this is what kickstarted it all and they were everywhere and i can't think of my childhood without thinking of spice girls because they were just everywhere and we've said before you know we'd we'd read smash hits or top of the pops magazine I think every single issue Spice Girls will mention between this, you know, July 96 and, you know, maybe 2000, they were just, well, they are just a huge part of of my childhood, of my life, dare I say, Will.
0: The video as well, iconic. I can't tell you the number of homosexuals I've seen on social media stood on the steps of the Grand Hotel in St Pancras since that video was released thinking they've got it all reenacting it
1: Mm. it's a great video though it just really you know the song is full of that energy and again that drive that they had and the the chaos within the band and the video just showed that off perfectly
0: Even now, when I see that video, I still don't think they're going to get onto those stairs in time to sing the first chorus. They always do. (laughs) They always do. You know, well, it's not live every time
1: you watch it. You do know that, don't you?
0: Yes, I'm not completely stupid.
1: Oh, not completely. (laughs) And this one was written with Biffco. Of course, we have talked about Biffco so many times on Track by Track. I don't have to even mention some of the incredible names he's worked with. But his relationship with the Spice Girls, you know, it's it's synonymous with their career, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you look at what else he's done, I mean, he's just a pop producer of uh, absolute class. And I'd imagine he's a very rich man as well. Good for him. Well deserved. Mm. This was the single that kicked off Spice Girls. And I have to say, it was an explosion, wasn't it? You could not... Uh, swing a cat uh, across TV or radio without hearing this song, seeing those five energetic girls uh, making V signs, shouting girl power and being quite anarchic, actually, Dan.
1: Very anarchic. Yeah. And what I love about this as well is that, because if I'm being really honest here, this is not my favourite Spice Girl song. This is probably not in my top 10 Spice Girl songs. Of course, I love it because of what it represents and what it did for them. But compared to some of the other things they released, you know, it does fall into the cheesier side of things. And I think it could have quite easily. And I think some people did write them off at the time as like being a bit of a novelty, a bit of a one hit wonder. And I think I I can understand what they're saying because of the production of the song, because of their, you know, i tell you what I want, what I really, really want. And the zigzagar and all that kind of thing. But of course, this was just the start of things to come. And this was just their way of getting noticed.
0: And by George, uh, if those page three snaps for Jerry Halliwell didn't get them noticed, this <laughs> song certainly did. Did you ever see those?
1: Oh, of course I did. And
0: as a young lad
1: who was quite attracted to Jerry Halliwell, i was... I'm pleased to see them. A bit sick, a bit nauseous. <laughs> um, let's move on. Let's move on, because we've got a lot to get through today.
0: Well, ten tracks.
1: <laughs> so track two, single two. So you'll be there.
0: Okay, whilst we were listening to that song you were doing all of the hand gestures two and two and four
1: i was i was giving it the guess i'll have to show you the door and positioning you to f off out the room but i can't help but move to this song i said right at the start wannabe wasn't one of my favorites as good as it is this is one of my favorites i think it's such a sultry slice of very lightly r&b tinged pop wonderful what do you think of this one will
0: I think, well, I remember when they finally, because Wannabe was huge, it just kept going and going, and I remember just being so happy when they released this as a second single, because it was very different to Wannabe, but just that they had a new song, and it was different, and it was fun, and the video, they'd obviously spent a lot more money on, and it was very film-like, and it was a slinky bit of R&B pop as well. It was, yeah, it was brilliant didn't grab me as much as Wannabe, but I think it was still very much a great song for them.
1: And I I remember being a bit worried about hearing it because of how much I did love Wannabe at the time. And, you know, I played it to death on cassette single. And at this point, I was already a massive fan of the Spice Girls. I was already, you know, pulling the posters out of Smash Hits. We had to do a talk at school after the summer holidays about something we were passionate about. And mine was Spice Girls, and this mad to think this was all just from one single. So I remember my brother heard it first. I think it was, he was in the car and uh, being driven around by my family. He was younger than me. Um, and he said to me, he asked me if I'd heard it yet. And he said, mm, it's very different to wannabe. And I thought, oh, God, I'm not going to like it. And I don't know if I loved it straight away. But as I say, it, for me, it's um, still such a quality pop
0: track the The music video to this, and I, as I was just talking about, w- was it was kind of like girls with attitude getting one over on men. They had these kind of alter egos as well, and it was filmed. Um, it looks like the desert, but I just I was just reading earlier. Apparently, it was Camber Sands. Really? No, no. It was somewhere in America. <laughs> uh, but can you remember the names that they had in this video? So.
1: As soon as the song started, I did remember
0: that we used to
1: have, or I used to have, the One Hour of Girl Power VHS. And whenever the video started on that, I would, I think it probably really annoyed anyone I sat with. I would just say the names before they came on screen. Now, I'm a bit older. I can't remember. I think someone was like Trixie High Kick or something like that.
0: You're you're getting your girls mixed up, then. Let me just run you through. So you've Please got... do, yeah. Uh... Emma was Kung Fu Candy, uh, Victoria was Midnight Miss Suki, uh, Mel B was Blazing Bad Zulu, Hall- Jerry Halliwell was Trixie Firecracker, and Melanie C was Katrina High Kick. Oh, I was close. You were way off.
1: <laughs> and as well, do you remember when they performed on Top of the Pops around this time, they wore the get-up from the video. I hope it had a good clean after them performing for hours in the desert.
0: Yeah, it's nice. They, let, they take home the clothes that they wore uh, and wear them on top of top up pops as well.
1: And I think one of the things that was really exciting about this one, Will, is you got Victoria with a solo line, which you didn't get on Wanna Be.
0: Yes, and I don't think she had one again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I only learned quite recently that I I believe the reason she didn't. Uh, she she doesn't have a line on wannabes because she wasn't there the day they recorded it. She was at a wedding.
0: She was busy. (laughs) (laughs) CBA. Brilliant. And I guess that kind of set the tone for Victoria's time in the Spice Girls and beyond. (laughs) No, no,
1: you're out of order saying that. Don't slag off my girls. Uh,
0: So, let me tell you the stats. Number one in the UK, number three in the US, top five across most of europe and the rest of the world as well sold just shy of a million copies overall not bad eh? for a follow-up
1: not bad at all and what i love about it as well is that this wasn't with bifco they worked with him on throughout the album and on the next album uh, and on the solo work of course but this one was with absolute who again we've talked about many many times on track by track
0: uh they do lovely vodka as well as um pop producers. So thank you. Absolute.
1: although you do prefer Glen's, don't you?
0: Uh, or just the own brand. say safe safe price or smart smart price. Smart price. Farm stores.
1: <laughs> no wonder you get those hangovers, lovely. You dodgy guts.
0: Rough as a bag of nails. Chucked down a flight of stairs. <laughs> And you did once chuck a bag of nails down a flight of stairs, didn't you, at your mother?
1: Well, <laughs> I was very hungover from my uh, Sainsbury's Basics vodka, and uh, she tried to get me up to get my paper round, and I wasn't having any of it. Track <laughs> number three, <laughs> and this is to become one.
0: so uh, what I love about this, Dan, is it's following uh the 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 run the route that we like of sing track three is single three
1: so traditional, and this was of course a Christmas number one and started a run of three consecutive Christmas number ones, equaling a record set by the beatles and I think you said before about how the the impact they had around the world was. Hadn't been seen since Beatlemania, so I love that they match that record.
0: Uh, also, probably not worth mentioning, but um, someone else shares the same record. Not quite the same pop credentials as Beatles and Spice Girls. Oh, God, it's that awful sausage roll thing, isn't it? Sausage Baby.
1: Oh, just, I'm I'm actually, Will, I'm not going to lie. I'm really annoyed that that has matched this. I'm not joking. I'm a bit mad about that because it's it's not the quality it's not the quality i mean i think some of the money goes to charity you know i'm happy about that but
0: it's just a sad sign of the times have you seen the way have you seen them they're just common as (laughs) muck and actually well we've got them
1: as special guests to introduce the next track i forgot to tell you they're waiting on the line
0: (laughs) they're in the track by track green room which we can only afford thanks to your subscriptions <laughs> on Patreon. Um, well, this is, of
1: course, the first ballad we heard from the girls as well. How you're, you're a fan of more of an upbeat pop track. Do you remember what you thought of it at the time?
0: Absolutely beautiful. Hmm. Do you know what? There's nothing nicer than two people coming together at Christmas.
1: <laughs> that is lovely.
0: Getting together at Christmas, should I say. Yeah. Uh, And the video, after the high budget of the second video, uh, I think this was mainly done on green screen. In
1: New York, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Oh, it was mainly done in New York. No,
1: I meant to look like New York. I don't actually know. To look like New York. (laughs) They were in New York with a green screen to look like New York. That's the power of the Spice Girls. It does, I don't know about you though. Well, this one now is, you know, it's, it feels almost like a Christmas song because of, you know, I think Christmas number ones, awfully, awfully. <laughs> I think Christmas number ones often do kind of afterwards. You think of them at Christmas time, don't you? Yuletide.
0: You do. And I think it's just, I mean, there's nothing to, to do with Christmas in the video apart from the fact they're wearing big winter coats.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's not even any jingle bells on there. Although I do remember I was actually a little bit mad at the girls. Um, because they did have uh, a, a cover of Sleigh Ride on the B side, obviously just kind of whacked it on there for the for the Christmas market, and there it's so like, do you, remember, do you remember hearing it? No, I don't actually. It's so like slapdash and haphazard. It's a lot of fun. It's got their energy on that classic Christmas song, and there's a bit of an instrumental where they're just shouting things across each other, uh, festive things. And Victoria shouts, Father Christmas doesn't exist. And I thought, for a band with such a young fan base, that was quite out of order.
0: Well, wasn't that how you found out that Father Christmas didn't exist? Well, no, the
1: the real version, which is probably going to concern some listeners, is that my dad stumbled in drunk on Christmas Eve and woke me up as uh, as my mum was coming in to put Santa's gifts in the bedroom. So uh, I was about seven years old. He ruined Christmas.
0: And did what? Did he fall on your bed? <laughs> yes. Oh god! And then your mum had to pull him off.
1: <laughs> Merry Christmas to me.
0: <laughs> in the, in your room, yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> Nightmares
0: for years. Therapy needed for that.
1: So just out of pure spite for Victoria doing that, as much as I love her, as much as I love the Spice Girls, but each year. I sent a Christmas card to her kids when they were about six years old uh, with, you know, po- sort of a poison pen, cut out uh, newspaper letter saying, Father Christmas doesn't exist just to ruin all of their Christmases.
0: It's really nice to, really consistent to hear that your vindictiveness was there from a young age.
1: Oh, and I did it for all four of them as well. So actually I was I was an adult when Harper was young, but, um, well, she still is. Um, but I only thought it was fair that if if she was going to, Make
0: kids find out about that. Then she she should know how it feels. Mm. So Christmas number one in the UK, uh, number four in the US, top ten across most of Europe and the rest of the world, and two times per platinum, one and a quarter million at least sales, at least. Also, Will, do you remember that they changed some of the
1: lyrics for the single version?
0: Yes, they did indeed,
1: Dan. So on the album version, Jerry sings, boys and girls look good together. But on the single, they switched up to Victoria singing, love will bring us back together. And, you know, not, so not only changing the singer, but also the lyrics. Do you think they kind of had a realisation that actually, I imagine around even back then, there was a gay fan base for the Spice Girls. to think it actually didn't look very good?
0: No, gays didn't exist in 1996, Dan. Okay, so we're moving on to track four now. First album track, this is Love Things. Well,
1: I can vividly remember the first time I ever heard that song on that Christmas day in 96, when I finally got my hands on the cassette. It was just so exciting to hear something, you know, the first three singles have been all over the radio, all over the TV, mm, and then yeah. there was this brand new song, and, you know, it did not disappoint, did it?
0: It didn't at all, and I just love this track, and my favourite bit is like the pre-chorus. yes. Yeah. Who's behind it, Dan? This one was another absolute
1: production, which kind of surprised me a little bit because I think this one after, obviously, Wannabe was very kind of pure pop. Then we talked about How Sega Will Be There, a little bit more R&B. Then Two Become One, A Stunning Ballad, which was, I don't know if you mentioned, that was a, a Biffco co-write. Uh, and then Love Thing, I think, is more in the same vein as Wannabe for me, is very, very pop, this one, isn't it? lyrically lyrically and musically i have to say will i was very surprised to see this one on the spice world 2019 setlist because i thought of all the songs on this album it potentially is one of the ones that's aged the most it does sound very uh 90s um you know and, and also again lyrically could they pull this one off but it went down an absolute storm didn't it
0: i think everyone loved it because it was an album track from the first album and I, regardless, everyone around us, all of the all of the mums on the night out, all of the gays in their thirties, everyone was singing along to it, just the same as any of the singles.
1: That's I think that was the best thing about this Spice World Twenty Nineteen tour. When they did the Return of the Spice Girls, they all had a solo song, so that was kind of like five tracks, which could have been some of these amazing album tracks that you didn't get. But here you got this, you got. A few more of the uh, album tracks on here, and from Spice World as well. Beautiful.
0: Track number five now, and this is "Last Time Lover." Oh, nine. Cool, sexy, Another. so this is a little bit slower a little bit slinkier a bit sexier as well uh one of the lines in there is loving undercover and dan that was the time you used to go out in your trench coat and false moustache
1: <laughs> with those with the glasses with a fake nose on yeah
0: <laughs> well
1: when you're playing away you've got to do it carefully you did That's the trick motto. though did yeah. the trick exactly
0: This is definitely a mid-album pounder, Uh, whereas uh, it's in the middle of the album. It's an album track. It's a good track, but it's not going to set the world on fire.
1: No, definitely not. But I have to say, I I love and have always loved this. And also something kind of funny, coming a little bit later, uh, I love how these really play to a more R&B sound. And I think when the girls, you know, because they started writing recording music i think at least two years before the album came out i think they were more influenced by r&b music things like on vogue uh of course eternal were huge around this time uh, and then of course found themselves with a more of a pop production but i do love this song i think melby's vocal on those on those verses and how low her vocal is is absolutely stunning
0: i love melby's vocals on this and i love just the the call and response that the girls have like lover undercover and, yeah. you know, it's it's got a good summer vibe to it. It's great we're talking about this album now at time of recording. It's absolutely scorching outside. Yeah, my T-shirt stuck to my back, Will. Oh, wee, I wondered why I could see your uh, milky udders. <laughs> and that's the kind
1: of insight you can only get as a patron to track by track. <laughs> Speaking of which, Will, do you think I'm really cool and sexy? And I know you want to get with me. Uh, not for me <laughs> I love the attitude even though it's a more sultry laid back song they have still got their sass their girl power and that kind of sense of the five of them you know they were a girl gang so should we flip for me Will this was the time when to flip over the cassette for you, you had all your mod cons you had the CD, but I was flipping over to side B now for track 6 which is Mama
0: And Dan, I'd like to dedicate that song to both of our mothers.
1: Oh, well, that's one of the loveliest things you've ever done.
0: Ah. Has your
1: Valium kicked in?
0: No, I just felt... I just like a lot of people do whilst listening to that song. It just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy.
1: Ah. It is is such a lovely song. Um, I can't hear this now without thinking about, again, on the 2019 tour... Uh, I went with my sister and as the song was playing, I turned to her and she was crying uh, and, I, and I sort of, you know, said to her, is everything OK? And she said, yeah, she didn't know why she was crying. It was just the emotion within that song. And I suppose thinking of herself as, as a mum now, but she was also the, such a big Spice Girls fan back at the time. Uh, it was a really, it was actually a really lovely moment. You know, it was, it was a good cry. It's a lovely cry.
0: Well, that's not quite how she tells it, because I remember her telling me, you kicked her in the shins.
1: Well, she stood in front of me while, while they were singing the song.
0: You're very territorial at a standing gig. Not that I can remember, because it's been so long since we've been to a gig together. No, but when we did see that hot chip gig, obviously I made a few enemies
1: there. One of our last ones.
0: Yeah, me included.
1: Yes, Happily. You pushed, me out
0: the, you pushed me out of the way and into a very wet puddle and I don't think it was beer.
1: No, it wasn't because it was mine. <laughs> I can confirm.
0: Oh, anyway, anyway, uh, anyway.
1: So <laughs> Back to Mama and this beautiful ballad.
0: <laughs> this is, I mean, it's lovely and it was a great moment, the video for this when you got to see all of their mums
1: yeah, it was really lovely. You know, where did that girl power come from? Well, you saw it right there. And now, of course, when they perform it live, they are the mums. Oh, actually, I think on The Last Door, they, they brought their mums out, but they brought their kids out as well. They were the middle mummies.
0: It is lovely. And I love, I can't, we haven't talked about French and Saunders. Obviously, they love the Spice Girls, and the next track we will probably talk about them a bit more. But I remember when they uh, did a Melanie C sketch. Jennifer oh, yeah. Saunders dressed as Melanie C, and Dawn French came in dressed as her mum. Attention to detail was she dressed up exactly like her mum, how her mum looks. Yeah, that is the that's the attention to detail you get
1: with, well, not only track by track, but with French and Saunders as well.
0: More about them coming up on the episode, but this was a double A side release alongside the next track, Track Seven. Who do you think you are? And I love the fact that there was a real juxtaposition. <laughs> Between Mama and Who Do You Think You Are. But uh, all for good cause as well, because it was a charity release. And
1: not only that, it was also released around Mothering Sunday. So two birds, one stone. So for single number four, of course, I might be beating you to it, Will. Of course, it did get to number one. um, But but they timed it perfectly, didn't they? Before we leave this one, I just have to talk about... A, this is another Biff co-write And B, the gospel touches at the end of this song are simply stunning.
0: Which reminds me about the time we—no, we can't talk. We can't tell that story again. No, patrons
1: shouldn't have to hear the same old thing time and time again.
0: That's for the other lot. Let's move on to track number seven now, uh, which is the other side of the double A side with Mama. This is who do you think you are?
1: Are there and i think in terms of placement on this album will track seven of a 10 track album and they come out they produce this massive disco tinge pop banger of a track i think i don't know about you will i think it's perfectly placed
0: uh this is my favorite song on the album it's brilliant it's disco it's fun uh and it was for comic relief the official single for comic relief in 1997 as we know, 1997, brilliant year for pop music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is absolutely one of the reasons why. It was the other side of the Double A with Mama. And the video, <laughs> the video. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: so good. Can you name all five of the Sugar Lumps?
0: Jennifer Saunders. Yeah. Dawn French. Yeah. Luella Gideon. Yeah. Uh Lulu. And the great, the legend, the icon, that is Kathy Burke. Yeah,
1: love Kathy Burke. If you don't follow Kathy Burke on Twitter, do it. Because not only is she hilarious, she will pull people up on things if they are being twats.
0: And what I love about this, the parody, and the Spice Girls finding their kind of opposite numbers in these comedy queens, is the fact that basically Trent Jordan has thought... It worked with Banana Rama all those years ago. <laughs> Let's do the same thing again for the Spice Girls. And it did. It, and it was brilliant. And Kathy Burke came back as well. Good sport. Uh, yeah, loved that. Also, I love the fact
1: that for the video, the Spice Girls changed their looks. Uh, so the Sugar Lumps were dressed as the Spice Girls. And Spice Girls, you had Victoria with the long hair extensions. You had Emma with her hair down and not in bunches. Uh, Mel C with a quiff. Jerry's was crimped. And I think Melby's so she had some of that glitter gel that was all the rage back then. She had like kind of patting Did her you down ever did you thing. ever
0: have any of that? Uh
1: probably secretly. Well, you know, you couldn't back then as
0: a as a ten year old lad, I'm not sure I could get away with that. Different time well, now. People are a bit more well, accepting. It, it was a different time. And you could definitely get away with that now. Definitely.
1: Good. Um also well. Can't talk about this song without talking about that iconic, renowned performance of the Brits that quite literally stopped the world in its tracks.
0: It was just, I mean, I think Brits 97, such as the pop music scene, will go down as like the ultimate Brits for like, uh, not just for Spice Girls kind of topping the end with pop, but you had like the cool Britannia, Blur, Oasis, indie side of it as well. And I lo- it was just like the ultimate showcase for how vibrant the music scene was back then.
1: Definitely. And of course, Jerry, you know, pretty much, let's be honest, she pretty much stole the show with that makeshift uh, union flag dress, which was uh, made of a tea towel. And I love how that has just stuck with her for, on the return of the Spice Girls tour, she had a version of it. On the Spice World 2019 tour, she had that re- very regal version of it. But that it just kind of, it's its the, the union flag. I'm being quite specific, if you notice. Well, I'm not saying Union Jack, It's saying Union Flag. Because when it's not on a ship, it's a union flag. Mm. Uh, Fact fans, you might like that one. Um, and it will
0: give you an idea about how the times have changed that for the first big comeback tour... The Union Jack dress she wore there was designed by Roberto Cavelli, famous designer. And I guess for the the, for the the one the more regal look when she came back, more mature, it was designed by Laura Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Because it actually was a pair of curtains. No, I'm joking, of
1: course. But she did look absolutely lovely. She always looks lovely in a Union Jack. I wonder if we've seen her wearing it for the last time. Probably not. Also, well, there were some wonderful remixes of this from friend of the podcast, David Morales. Uh, Do you remember the scene in Spice World where they're out at a club and the remix plays? I think it's that remix. uh, And they're like, I love this song. That's because we wrote it. Do
0: you know what? When you say friend of the podcast, we used to say it often jokingly, but actually now more often than not, it's, it's someone that genuinely has contributed to track by track. Track
1: by track. More of that to come. Hello, David. And we will do an episode with the Spice Girls one day, I'm sure. Yeah, it's on the cards, They were asking for this one, but we thought because it was our first Patreon one, we wanted to do it just us. We thought that's what the listeners want. <laughs> do correct us if we're wrong.
0: <laughs> Track eight now and oh, hang on. Sorry, I let me back up a second. Beep, 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 beep. You are quite a wide load. Number one single. Lovely. Track number eight now, and this is something kind of funny. Wonderful harmonising there. Well done us.
1: It's such a shame we can't because it's got the song playing in the background. We can't share that part of the recording. But um, yeah, lovely. And just like the girls, love how they glide into each other, our harmonies and our voices. Mm. It's a lovely song though, isn't it? I really do love this song.
0: What do you like about it though?
1: I think before I kind of name checked it with Last Time Lover is one of the more sort of R&B moments. But actually, I think there's a bit more to this one. I think the, the bass and the groove of this one is wonderful. Uh, the guitar's got a real kind of funk to it. Uh, some bits of piano in there. The, again, the harmonies from The Girls are great. I think this song, I think someone who doesn't like Spice Girls, uh, apparently there are some people what? out there. Idiots, really. Um they, I, I could imagine them hearing this song and not knowing it was Spice Girls and enjoying it because I think it is real. It's just got it's got a funk and a groove to it that I think kind of takes it outside the the pop, pure pop, nineties pop thing.
0: I think it sits very comfortably uh, in this on this album in between some of the big bangers, the disco songs, the fun songs, uh, and it showcases that they're not just about these kind of huge cartoon kind of hooky pop songs but there's actually a little bit more funk going on there as well mm. something kind of funky something kind of funky it is something kind of funky
1: i loved again this one on the tour a couple of years ago it just was so great to hear it i don't remember it being on any of the previous tours i could be right it could have been on the on the first one um but but you know the changed because that was such a huge tour but it just sounded fantastic and will On this one, Mel C
0: says, rules are for fools. Do you agree with that? No, I do not. Follow the rules, kids. Track nine now. Uh, This is a cover of the Louise hit, (laughs) Naked. So, Naked There, what a great time to to talk about the fantastic album artwork. This is iconic, this album cover. Uh, And I'm surprised it's not on the wall behind you, Dan, because I know you like to curate iconic album covers on your wall. But this has got uh, Spice, S-P-I-C-E, different colours. Each one has a different member of the gang in spice girls and in the core bottom right hand corner you've got their little ring
1: it's such an iconic image and just this idea of them each taking one of the letters showing off their personalities within that i think the one thing that freaked me out when i first saw it and it took me a long time to understand it was how was victoria doing that it looked like she'd like contorted herself if that's word into some sort of uh hunchback thing But uh, it was only years later when someone pointed out that because she was wearing a black dress, you couldn't see the crease where she was bent over.
0: And I always used to feel sorry for Melanie C because she got the smallest letter in the I.
1: But luckily, thankfully, they mixed up, didn't they, with Spice World. And of course, it was um, played homage to on the Greatest Hits album where they had the Spice but with jewels instead of the girls Mm. in there. And they are jewels.
0: Real premium uh, interpretation. Hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but when they performed this on tour, weren't they all um, had the illusion of them being naked, sat on chairs, wrong way round? You're quite right. Well,
1: this was way back on the Spice World tour back in 1998, but they did do that. Very raunchy.
0: They weren't really naked, though.
1: No, I don't think
0: so. Yeah, they had thermals on.
1: Now, Dan, what do you think of the song? I love this song. I mean, I think I, I, well, I don't think I know I love every song on this album, but I remember thinking way back then and still thinking now it was very mature. Again, if you compare this to Wannabe, they're worlds apart. Um, and not only in the production and the sound of the song, but also in the lyrics as well. Uh, the lyrics that I always loved to hear and probably sing along to at the time was when Jerry says, she knows exactly what to do with men like you. Really gets into it.
0: Oh, it's like not the first time you've said that.
1: Oh, we're gonna. Have a, I've got a fag in my hand and a drink in the other, and uh, sat in the beer garden.
0: Well, I imagine you, uh, Bet Lynch,
1: <laughs> and you'd be Raquel. So, and that was the penultimate track. So, onto the final song now. This is if, if you can't dance.
0: dance. If you can't dance. <laughs> If you can't dance to this, you can't do nothing for me, baby Now we got the flavour, the bad behaviour The rhythm, the melody, the juice for you to savour We're rocking and riding for somebody's driving. you need to take a tip, sort it out, get a grip Whenever I go out, wherever it may be Never is a Rekiana but a drip looking at me But then even if I disco is a loser on the dance floor Take a deep breath, count one
1: If you can't dance, there album closer. I don't think we've petered out, have you, we, Will?
0: We've not petered out. This is this was the first of a theme for them, the albums. The last track, it's a fun one.
1: Yeah, it's really fun. I love how Mel B delivers that rap in her northern tongue. And you are a fan of a northern tongue, aren't you, Will? <laughs> uh... <laughs> There's lots of uh, Sean Bean fantasies, so I heard.
0: Oh, have you, you watch that drama of him in prison?
1: No, I'm sure you did. Was, were there any shower scenes in the end or were you disappointed?
0: No, high and dry. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, it's, this is a great way to end it because it's just a bit of a laugh and it shows the more playful, experimental side of the girls. And similar on the next album, on the follow-up album on Spice World.
1: The Lady's a Vamp.
0: But I have to say, I do like it when an album is 10 tracks and it's 10, for the most part, very strong tracks. There's not enough room to have any filler in there. And you can't, there's nowhere to hide on a 10-track album. I know there
1: were lots of songs that were that have been spoken about, that have been name-checked, that have never been released, that obviously didn't make it onto the album. I would love to see them on a, on a 25th anniversary edition. Girls, if you are listening, I know you I know you're fans. Um but yeah, this is just 10. Quality tracks showcasing the girls, showcasing them as songwriters, as performers, uh, and just you know, this song, you know, sounds like the '90s in the best possible way. In fact, it sounds like the '90s because they made it what it is. Also, Will, two other things I love about this song: one, Jerry's Spanish rap. I think I knew it in a way off by heart as a youngster, but I probably wasn't saying any of the correct words, but I was saying some words that sounded like those words in the right order which I was quite proud of. tried to do it again when when I saw them live a couple of years ago, and I think the person stood next to me knew I wasn't really doing it.
0: You're still sort of mouthing along to a Spanish tongue.
1: (laughs) And the other thing I love about this one is that it samples uh, Digital Underground's The Humpty Dance. I just love that even this early in their career as a five-piece pop girl brand, they were
0: sampling some pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff indeed, Dan. And now let me share with you, before we get on to further listening, I'm sure you're absolutely gagging to know how the album was received and how it performed. Uh, it probably won't surprise you to hear it was a number one album in the UK, in the US and across a lot of the world. It sold a eye-watering uh, three a minimum three million copies in the uk absolutely phenomenal uh performance of that album and i have to say it was received extremely positively by everywhere apart from some of the more sniffy publications who didn't like it so much such as the guardian given oh, it three God. stars out of five but in terms of pop reception and pop fans a brilliant collection of pop songs i'm summarising hugely but that is the gist of it and
1: will from us do you think is a track by track rating five out of five four and a half uh no i'm putting up to five will and that is that on that
0: uh let's talk about some further listening now dan and we're going to look at anything else from this particular era album campaign from spice girls and
1: we were treated weren't we there's so many remixes and so many b-sides from back then and will i would love to kick things off this week if that's okay go for it so i am going to go for the b-side to wannabe and this is bumper to bumper 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 to bumper there. Will, we haven't said it all episode and I think we really should for this song.
0: What a fun song! Isn't it just? (laughs) Yes. And it raises an important question as well, Dan, actually. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had it off in the back of a car?
1: Uh, No, Will. I've had it off in the front of a car. (laughs) Will, I know you don't drive, but Mm. have you uh, been a backseat passenger?
0: I have been a backseat passenger. And on the bonnet as well.
1: And isn't it right that actually it wasn't until a day or so later the owner of the vehicle realised he'd lost his uh, his Mercedes emblem from the front.
0: Quite a. De- <laughs> it's quite a delicate procedure, actually. But uh, I popped into the post. I wasn't. No, it
1: was, it was a Jaguar, wasn't it? And <laughs> slipped up It certainly you. was.
0: <laughs> no, really fun
1: song. And it wasn't until this listen to the song ahead of uh, the recording, (laughs) I never knew the lyrics of this song, because, of course, when you get the album, you get the lyrics, But when you get the single, you don't. I never realized it was, I'll beep my horn for you, bumper to bumper. I thought it was, I'll give my heart for you.
0: Ah, well, that's nice. Very romantic. They're assuming it's something much nicer than it is. Mm.
1: Me all over. Will, what have you gone for?
0: I'm staying with the wannabe area, area, uh, area, era. This is a uh, Motivate Remix Wannabe. Motivate there, a.k.a. Steve Rodway, bringing a different spin to Wannabe. Bit of a restructure, but his signature remix style uh, to that. Uh, I mean, Dan, to be quite honest, you could have listened to 20 songs in the pop charts around the same time with a similar Motivate remix, but this still keeps the essence of the track in whilst putting a real donk, high-energy donk on it. And I have to say... It still does the business in the gym. Yes, I can well imagine it does, and I think. And even... you once did do the business in the gym. <laughs> well,
1: I was going to say it depends what kind of business you mean, but actually, all of the above, anything, <laughs> and everything is possible. Could be anything for us, couldn't it? Yeah.
0: We could be referring to anything. Yes. Um, what do you think?
1: I yeah, really enjoy it, and I think what was great about this is that even you know around the time when Wannabe was huge, this remix sort of got where most remixes don't get. I mean, this was all over TV. It was in the background of CBBC, I seem to remember. I think, you know, this remix was not as known as Wannabe, of course, but people knew the sound of the song and people still of this remix. People still knew it was Spice Girls.
0: And it kind of did the same thing. Do you remember when there was a Motivate remix of Common People by Pulp? It did the same thing where they playlisted it on Radio 1 as an alternative to the single. This was as popular or uh, in terms of airplay as the original version was because it was a really good remix but also it kind of breathed new life into a huge track at the time that had already been absolutely hammered everywhere and you have been absolutely (laughs) hammered everywhere in every sense of the word
1: (laughs) but i do think though will we were really spoiled for choice weren't we on further listening this week because there were so many great b-sides there was Take Me Home, there was Baby Come Round, there were more great remixes. Um, as I said before, as I hinted at before, really hope we get some sort of uh, deluxe box set of this album. I would revel in digging through that. Also, uh, some new material or some new old material will be a real treat. And actually, Will, it's probably already been announced. Wishful thinking, putting it out there.
0: Fingers crossed. We are out of time and dan thank you for your contributions this week
1: and thank you will lovey and i'm not gonna lie it's a little bit bittersweet because we've now done all the spice girls albums i don't know how i feel about that
0: well we had to complete an artist at some point there's still much to go in their solo oeuvres
1: yes there is and i'm sure we'll get to it and then let's just go back to spice world
0: revisited mentally
1: physically literally
0: So, we're out of time for this uh, Spice uh, by Spice Girls, uh, also our first Patreon episode, whether you're listening to this as a subscriber or uh, as one of our listeners. So, please do give us a rating and a view on Apple Podcasts. If you're not already a subscriber on Patreon, do join us over there. The link is in the bio for this episode. There are many benefits available to you, including exclusive access to new episodes and we want to put ourselves in your hands as well. You will get the opportunity to decide what we cover on upcoming Track by Track episodes, among other benefits to being a patron subscriber.
1: And yeah, from me as well, thank you very much to those of you who have already signed up. It means the world.
0: Uh, It just means we can continue to make Track by Track and make it even better than it's ever been before.
1: As shown by this episode. Or not. Let us know. (laughs) (laughs) So, until next time.
0: I've been uh, Kung Fu Panda.
1: And I've been Trixie Mattel.
0: (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Speaking of charity releases, Dan, I remember when you did that... um, Charity uh, Wankathon.
1: (laughs) no. Nah, <laughs> well, it's not really a strange thing to mention on a episode of Trap by but Pl- <laughs> any other podcast. <laughs> that might have been a strange thing to mention. <laughs>